That sound was from Friday. We were dancing on this show without you, Ian. Aaron Goldhammer was filling in for you. We were dancing without you. You a little jealous? He got up. He was actually doing the Macarena while live on radio. I don't think I could. I, I remember, like, I'm with you, the hand movements of the Macarena. Um, the electric slide, I got no shot. Zero. None. Nada. So, yeah. I don't know how we got on the subject of those wedding dances, but that's yeah. what it Yeah, it was Friday. That's what it was. It was Friday evening. This is a Monday evening, which means Monday night football. And boy, do we have a double header. The Saints and Panthers get the show going 7.15 p.m. Eastern. So that game kicks in just over 10 minutes from now. We will keep you updated on all the happenings in that one. That will be followed by Steelers-Browns. That one's going to kick off in a little bit more than an hour from now. So we will have lots of game action to update you on throughout this show. Amber and Ian's presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining combining your motors cycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Your brother is a coach, a special teams coach for the Carolina Panthers. Does that mean that you are obligated to pull for the Panthers in this game over the Saints? Yeah, I'm not like my older brother, God rest his soul. Brendan, you know, he rooted against him when he was with, as a young QC with the Indianapolis Colts, when he spent six years with the Detroit Lions, they played the Saints twice. And he, he and my mother also rooted against, you know, their brother and her son. Mm-hmm. As they said, look, I've, I've been a Saints fan my entire life. You've been a, 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 the Lions at the time and now the Panthers, you know, for a year or two years, whatever it was. No, hell no. I'm not pulling for you in this game. I hope you go 14 and two at the time, right? You know, 14 or 15 and one. And now it's 15 and two. Uh, which would now be 14-3 and three because they lost the opener to the Falcons. So it's all uh, – I can promise you that up in football heaven right now, my older brother Brendan is going, die like a dog. Uh, go Saints. Uh, <laughs> bless you, boys. And I can, I can promise you, and I'll try and drag my mom in here in a little bit. Um, so she I, – I can guarantee that she's pulling for – her, what she calls the beloveds, the New Orleans Saints, against her own son. And I'm and that's one reason. Look, I, I like a side in this game, but I can't take it. So bet to your hands, bleed. We went, we were eight and four going into the weekend. And I warned everybody, I've never gotten off to a hot start. I mean, I'm like a plotter. Like, I, I mean, you know, normally I'm like a thoroughbred horse going a mile and a quarter. It's a slow start, right? You want to pace yourself. And uh, we, we hit a ditch. We went two and three over the weekend. So. That's why I like the under 39.5, buy it up to 40 tonight in the Carolina Saints game. And then I like Pittsburgh. It's at 2.5, buy it to 3, and under 39 in that game. Try and get a uh, – either we're going to be 500 or we're going to cash some tickets and a double up to catch up type weekend, Amber. So let's go. Let's get ready. Let's swap some paint. Not one but two games to double up to catch up with. You never try and chase money. I know you're fanning yourself. Yes, I get it, but <laughs> – Hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I'm fanning myself because there's actually a bug flying around me right now, which is very distracting. <laughs> I thought you were that excited when for you're two live Monday on the air. Games. But yes, of course, I'm very excited <laughs> about this Monday night double ever that we have tonight as well. I, I, the Panthers, they've got a lot of problems. Frankly, they've Woo. looked much worse here than I even expected them to look. And not that any of us thought that Carolina was winning a Super Bowl this season, but I actually felt like. Young was walking into a decent situation when you're talking about a number one overall pick. Normally, the number one overall pick is going to the worst team in the NFL 
because they have the number one overall pick. In this scenario, you saw that get traded from the Bears to the Carolina Panthers. And I thought, hey, that's maybe a little bit of an advantage there for Bryce Young. And it hasn't seemed like an advantage so far. He certainly has spent a lot of time on his back. That O-line looks atrocious in front of him. He was 20 of 38 for 146 yards and a couple turnovers against the Falcons. The Falcons are a whole other story. They've looked a lot better than we expected, but Carolina's looked worse. The Saints, they haven't looked as bad. Derek Carr, he's going to have a lot of pressure on him, though, because that run game for the Saints has actually looked pretty bad. Yeah, and here's the thing about Bryce Young. They're already without you know one starting guard who was on IR. Now you lose Brady Christensen, your other starting guard, who is now out for this game as well. Uh, that's no bueno when, as you know, and everyone, if you follow the game of football, the quarterback's worst nightmare is pressure up the middle, right in his face. Uh, I don't care if you're 6'7 or 5'7. It does not matter. So that, that, that is going to be a problem tonight against a, a stout Saints defense. But think about this. I mean, it, and this is, this is amazing, Amber. You, 29 quarterbacks have been selected with a number one pick since 1967. Andrew Luck for the Indianapolis Colts is the only one to win more than half of his games as a rookie. That's it. One guy. I mean, that's when you really think about it, that is absolutely amazing and staggering. I mean, you had so when you're talking about the number one overall pick, yeah, Bryce Young, I think he's remarkably talented, but he will lose more games this year than he lost in his entire career as a starter at Alabama. Ian, I see that there is a very, very special guest joining you in the studio right now. Uh, yes, yeah, she is uh, Abby Mama Fitz, and she is pulling for her Saints over her son tonight, coaching for the Carolina Panthers. You all think I make this stuff up, but I don't. Mom, am I lying? This is a very difficult thing for you to say when especially Devin called me this afternoon asking me the same question. <laughs> and and would you tell, by the way, he, he'd be mad at you right now for calling him Devin oh, me, in Fitz. football circles. Fitz, excuse me. <laughs> Coach excuse Fitz. Me. And don't curse. Don't curse. Okay, don't but what, what did he tell you? Would you would you tell your son who's trying to beat your – you refer to the Saints as the beloved. So what did yes. he tell you today? Uh, he just said, well, Mom, uh, how are you? You know, just very low-key because he was getting ready. And I knew why he called to lay the Jewish Catholic guilt on me so I wouldn't be able to stand up for about 40 more years. God forbid <laughs> I should live that long. But um, pretty much it was uh, – Tried to explain to him for the hundredth time uh, my situation with the Saints. And um, he just said, not much, baby. That's what he said. (laughs) So your affection for the Saints runs deeper than your affection for... Like, oh, your no. own children. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, let, let, I understand. I, I get it. Yeah, I was going to say, there are times <laughs> where you just nailed a girlfriend. Let me tell you. See this one? You see these uh-huh. wrinkles? I knew it. Those are trophies. Trophies. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. War scars, me, really. You beat us within an inch, an inch of our lives. You beat me with a broom and cracked it over my butt for sneaking no. But what sandwich. did you do to deserve that, I, Ian? I snuck an ice cream sandwich before I did my chores. <laughs> no, you know what? Your brothers pulled the broom away before I could turn it around. That's not true. You cracked it. No, I did not. You tried to stab me with it afterward. 
That may be true. <laughs> but look how well you turned out, Ian Fitzsimmons, right? Exactly. <laughs> In spite of. Right? All right, so game's about to kick. Oh, God. How, I mean, how are you right now? I'm a wreck. I got a chance. I am straight on serious. I hate these games. You've been through it before when he was with the Colts and the I Lions. They played your beloveds. I don't care. Yes, ma'am. It doesn't make it any different. It's still the two of the worst days in the year. <laughs> Can we get a final score from you, Mama Fitzsimmons? What's your What's your prediction oh, tonight? Oh, that's as I told you. Said, you said I'm evil. What about that question? Oh, that's really. You need to go to. I don't. You need to go to confession someplace. <laughs> but no, a um, hundred to nothing. Your yeah, Saints. Oh no, no. I, she wants the special teams to play well. No, and, and, no, okay. And, and Carolina lose. Special teams. No, I did. I said, how about a tie? Devin said, doesn't work like that. I said, Would you call him again? Oh, excuse me, Fitz. Oh, you almost cursed. Oh, we almost had the dump button. That no, was close. No, that I was close. I don't like that word. I didn't say it. It rhymed with duck. I thought it was another one you were like going to drop words. right there. I, I'll say every other word, but right. I don't like that one. We got to go. We got to go. go. Good luck to you, Mom. Amen. Go who? <laughs> <Ain't> tough. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. You don't put God on welfare. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, are the Dolphins and Cowboys on a Super Bowl collision course? Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It's a very, very good weekend for me. And not just because I got to hang out with you, Ian Fitzsimmons. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. It was a good weekend because of that big Gators win that you and I both witnessed in person, but also because of what the Miami Dolphins did yesterday and the Dolphins have been rolling even with Bill Belichick doing true Bill Belichick things and doing everything he could to shut down that explosive offense that Miami has and and being somewhat effective in shutting down Tyreek Hill right and the Dolphins having to find another way to do it on the ground the Dolphins were able to find that other way and Tua looks excellent in terms of decision making the Dallas Cowboys have also looked excellent and that makes me happy because that just makes me right which I mean there's nothing I like more than being right Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show today said something about both of those teams 
If the Super Bowl is on Wednesday, I think it's clear cut two teams are battling. Miami Dolphins taking on Dallas Cowboys. Whoa. I mean, these two teams are at the top of their conferences, and it has to be a blast to be their fans because for a long time, one side of the coin, this team stinks. Remember, just a couple years ago, it was being alleged that the owner was telling the coach, I'll give you more money, you lose. We didn't make this report up. We're just telling you that was being right. alleged. Then all of a sudden, they go all in. They find two as this gem. McDaniel, who's the most chill coach in the history of the NFL, him racing against the cameraman at halftime after doing an interview huh. is maybe the greatest display of swagger, confidence, and moxie I've ever seen. You're in Foxborough taking on an absolute legend in Bill Belichick. You're up 17-3, and what are you doing? You're actually messing with a cameraman yeah, yeah, sure. knowing that you got it figured out. Could you imagine being that comfortable? No. You know how much work has to get to the point that you're that comfortable, especially taking on Bill Belichick and that confident? Good for them, and what they have on the field is going to be tough to be duplicated. Mike McDaniel is a gem. He's a gem for content. Uh, he's so likable in such a, a strange way. <laughs> he's just so he's unique. Quirky. Yeah. He's very quirky, but also incredibly fast. Like that's what I learned in that moment when he raised that cameraman is that that dude has some explosiveness to him. So there, whenever you see a coach that is that calm and confident, right? That he's not freaking out in the middle of a game or before a game, like, for example, Billy Napier in our pregame interview with the Florida Gators head coach before they're playing one of their nemesis, the arch rival, the third Saturday in September in the Tennessee Volunteers. He's asking me about my family. Hey, man, how, how you been? How's the fam? Everybody good? I'm like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. These dudes are confident. If a coach is that relaxed, that is a telltale sign. Man, they he feels really good about his chances. Kalani Sataki, when we talked to him last week, going into Arkansas, right? Head coach of BYU. Very, very calm and confident going into that matchup. And what happened? Both those teams won. Mike McDaniel at halftime. Having a blast. Living life. Oh, you want to race? Bam, he's gone. Hang on. Calm, confident. Comes away with a dub. I mean, beyond, and I do mean beyond impressive. And to me, the biggest part, if you're a Miami Dolphin fan, as I'm looking at one right now, is that Tyreek Hill only had 40 yards. He only had 40 yards receiving. That is a good thing. And you may be going to me, what is wrong with you, dude? That makes no sense. Yeah, it does. Because he had to spread the ball around. It wasn't when he was taken away by Bill Belichick, right? When they've had more than five DBs on the field and over half the snaps, they went over half the defensive snaps, you had to find another way to win. Mm-hmm. His name, Raheem Mostert. Yep. Who's also a track star. 18 carries for a buck 21, damn near average seven yards a carry and two tuds. Right? You found other ways to win, not just taking the top off of defense because you couldn't. It was taken away from you. So, what'd you do? Take something back, and it was a run game. And that, to me, was the most impressive part about the Miami Dolphins. Now, to McAfee's point about the Cowboys, stop it. They've won 12 games the last two years in the regular season. The regular season means nothing to me with the Dallas Cowboys. You've got to prove you can do it when the stage is grandest and the light's brightest. That's when I'll start believing in the Dallas Cowboys. But here's the deal. We're two games into the season. So all of this is premature, and we know that. But in an evaluation that does only consist of two games. Is there another team that you would put above those two teams? I'd put San Francisco right in the middle of them. I'm a big believer with that defense. But if we're going just snapshot first two weeks, Super Bowl play, I think McAfee said on Wednesday, then yeah, those are the two most impressive teams so far. Like Dallas has outscored their opponents 70 to 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 70 they, to 10. They did have a little bit of an advantage here 
in terms of the opponents, in terms of not running into Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure that was helpful. However, the way that they are looking on both sides of the ball, that defense, you mentioned the 49ers. We all knew the 49ers defense was going to be elite. I was screaming for the mountaintops. The Cowboys defense was going to be elite as well, but not everybody was on that same page. Everybody thought they were going to be decent or good, right? You got Micah, you got big names on that defense, but not like this. They have easily looked to me like the best defense in the NFL. And it's not a fair evaluation when Zach Wilson has to go up against them and everyone's now calling for a new quarterback. And I mean, what did people expect when he was facing that Dallas Cowboys team? That team is it, it two games. It's two games, but they are dominant so far. See, I'll Absolutely push back a dominant. little bit. I think I think a lot of people, including myself, thought that the Cowboys defense was going to be elite. I mean, they were last year. They let they led the league in, in, in takeaways. I know. It, it's the I, offensive I was, line and Dak was the big question coming into this thing. And Dak's always going to be the question. Look, if Sauce Gardner gets that gift that, that Dak gave him, that was a pick six went right through his hands. Uh, we may be having a different conversation right now. Who knows? But then give Dak and Mike McCarthy a lot of credit now, the play caller and head coach. They didn't throw it Sauce Gardner's side again. Mm-hmm. They went, you know what? Oh, that's right. That dude's really good. We're going to go to this side of the field, and we're not going near Saucy Sauce anymore. Not, not going to happen. And that is something that maybe they don't do last year. Maybe they are stubborn. And instead, they learned from that mistake that was almost a, cru- a critical one early in the game and learn from it and then just beat the ever-loving snot out of the Jets by to the tune of 30-10. to 10. My concern with Mike McCarthy taking over the play calling, I thought that that was going to be the weak link here for the Cowboys, and my concern was that he wanted to go too vanilla. He had this analysis where he said that sometimes there was a frustration, it seemed like, between him and Kellen Moore because he said sometimes when you're an overall head coach, you have a feel for things like, hey, I need to run the ball to give my defense more rest. Whereas if you're just an OC, then you're not necessarily thinking about how your play calling affects the defense. And so he had this idea that I'm going to be better suited to do what's best for the team overall. Well, what that also sounds like, though, if you read between the lines, is this thing's going to look a lot more boring. Because <laughs> Kellen Moore certainly had some of those, right. you know, the high-flying, the quick pace offense. Instead, it has looked like an offense that's well-suited for Dak Prescott to execute. 31 of 38, 255 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions against the Jets. You mentioned the near interception there, but he's been great. Dak has been. Yeah, and and going to to your point about the play calling, 38 pass attempts for Dak. They also ran it 37 times. Yeah. Design runs. And they didn't run it effectively, but they stayed committed to it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, which then, as a defense, you still have to respect. I mean, Pollard ran it 25 times for 72 yards. That's less than three yards a carry. But they stayed with it and were committed to it. That's something the Jets should learn, by the way, because you got a guy named Brees Hall on your team that ran the ball four times. Four. After what we saw in week one against a really good Bills defense also, you only run it with that guy Four times, and Dalvin Cook, like a shell of himself, he had, what, four carries also. So combined, this is higher math here, four plus four, eight carries for Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. Look at you. Come on, man. You've got to be better than that if you're the New York Jets and have a, a more of a commitment to a running game to help Zach Wilson like the running game helps Dak Prescott so far in this remarkably early 
start to the season where we are anointing two teams as Super Bowl contenders. Brees Hall is still getting himself back into it, coming off of major injury, right? Dalvin Cook, I, I as a Dolphins fan, am no longer sad <laughs> that we missed out on the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes because I was really worried about it. And it's funny what happened this week where you see Dalvin Cook, like you said, four carries for seven yards. He's been largely ineffective so far and for the Jets. And meanwhile... The Dolphins were forced into a situation by Belichick where they had to run the ball, something that has not been a strength for them under Mike McDaniel's offense thus far. And boy, was it a strength. When they were forced into it, they took advantage of it, and Raheem Mostert took advantage of it in a big way. 18 carries, 121 yards, a couple touchdowns. It's been amazing to see what the Dolphins, frankly, have looked like as a Dolphins fan. It feels too good to be to be real, because it's not just that they're winning. I mean, being 2-0 and is one thing. You knew they were going to be pretty good if Tua can stay healthy, but it's the way that they're winning and how good it all looks. I, I, it, it's scary. It's, it's, it's frankly scary. And like you said, I think it was a good thing that Belichick yeah. was somewhat effective here. Like, his game planning was effective. It was still very Bill. Taking away Tyreek taking away what the Dolphins normally do. It wasn't a good thing in terms of the viewership. I'm sure the average NFL fan would have much rather seen the explosiveness that you get with an offense that's as fast as it is with Tyreek Hill and with Jalen Waddell. Instead, you got a lot of ground and pound. But you also showed under Mike McDaniel's system that they can go ahead and adjust and that it'll still look great any way that they have to get it done. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Well, you heard it there from Jim. The Carolina Panthers jumped out early lead thanks to Coach Fitz. Your brother, Ian Fitzsimmons, special teams making an appearance. I'm going to go Chris Tabor first. The, and well, then, and all then right. Fitz. I was yeah. trying to do your family a solid there. 
Right. You hear that laugh right there? That's <laughs> Herm Edwards. He knows. Seat. Coach knows, right? Always yes. give the boss man full credit, right, Coach? Yes, that's right. That's important. <laughs> uh, Her, Herm Edwards joining us in studio, ESPN NFL analyst. Uh, well, let's start with this game, Coach, because it's underway. What do you make of this matchup between the Panthers and the Saints? Well, I think historically the Saints have struggled uh, against Carolina. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Now, Carr was not there at, at, during those struggles, but uh, I thought the first series, um, you know, Carolina came out and, and, and made them punt. And, and obviously they get the ball and, and do a nice job of moving it and get into field goal range and, and get points on the board. So, so that's a key. I, I thought going into this game, because of the Saints' defense, um, they would not allow uh, Carolina to get the run game going similar to what they did last week against the Titans, and force Bryce Young to try to beat you throwing the football. So it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Uh, the Saints have the ball. They're on the move a little bit now. Uh, Carr just completed the pass. So uh, this will be an interesting game. There's no way I survive the rest of this show. <laughs> Actually, I made it through a playoff, a playoff game with, with little bro coaching there, the Arizona Cardinals, but the game was over about three minutes into, the, into that particular contest. And, and uh, when – well, Kyler Murray had one of the worst performances we've seen in a long time in a playoff game. So, anyway, uh, I'll, I'll try and stay focused here, guys. What about uh, your, your thoughts on Steelers and Browns? Because this is a situation where Mike Tomlin, this is remarkable. When he's been beaten by 20 or more points, the following week he's 10-2. and two. Mm. I mean, that's, that's, that's getting things fixed in a hurry. What do you make of this particular contest that's coming up uh, around 8-15 kick time? Yeah, they, they, they need to rebound uh, that, that, that was one of those – there was a couple head-scratchers um, in the first game uh, of the National Football League for some teams. Now, you know, playing the San Francisco 49ers is a, is, is a tough one to start with. But playing at home, you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you're coming off a year where you, you were going in the right direction, especially the quarterback, and the preseason quarterback seemed like he was heading the right direction. And then you see that one and you go, wait a minute. San Francisco went into Pittsburgh and did this. I mean, it's that's hard to do historically. Uh, you know, and I go way back to Chuck Knoll and all those guys and, and Lynn Swan and all those guys that they were they, to go into Pittsburgh and to beat them like that, that was a head scratcher for me. So I think this week they've got to regroup the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and really start leaning on the runner a little bit more and get the quarterback with some confidence and then let their defense go hunt. Yeah, we'll see if that was more the San Francisco 49ers defense or a deficiency there with the Steelers offense. They're about to run into another very good defense tonight. ESPN NFL analyst Herm Edwards joining us here on Amber and Ian. All right, coach, let's go elsewhere in the NFL. We're only a couple weeks in, but the all too early analysis here. Mm. Who looks like the best team so far? Oh, there's no question. Um, Defensively, it's, it's, it's the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, and that's hard for me to say now. But uh, that they eagle are, blood, they that, that Philadelphia are, yeah, eagle blood pumping through your veins. My, I can't help myself. <laughs> but uh, it, just listen to this. This is hard. I keep trying to compute this. Um, in two games, they've scored 70 and the opponent has scored 10. Now, I was not a math major, but I do know this. If you continue to play like that and hold a team to five points a game, you could win a lot of games doing that. <laughs> They've been dominant. They really have. Uh, it's kind of been fun to watch because I'm on the defensive side of it. It reminds me a lot of our days in Tampa. 
when we were a dominant defense like that. And in the last two weeks, they've been very dominant. Um, but the other team is fun to watch was last night. I mean, them Miami Dolphins now. I tell you, I, I don't know how you, I, I don't know how you stop them, offensively. I, I don't. I mean, they they played against the mastermind in in you know in, in Bill Belichick, and every time he had a, a a puzzle for them, they solved it. I mean, it was just now they didn't make a lot of explosion plays. They made some at the end, but if you watch the tape, I watch the tape. You know, and I'm looking at it and just going how they went about their business. They're the fastest team in the National Football League. It's not even close. I mean, it's just it's like, how do you stop these guys? If Tua can stay healthy, and I said this earlier in the season, when the season started, I said, look, don't discount the Miami Dolphins. If the quarterback can stay upright and throw the ball, and they, they're, they're balanced, they ran the ball with Moster last night, I said, who's going to stop them? I don't know who's going to stop these guys. Got to play with 12 and let them play with 11. <laughs> and that might not work. That might not. Yeah. Might not so you can still keep up with them. Herm Edwards here with us on Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Coach, what do you make of what's going on with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? Because now the head coach of the Denver Broncos is hinting that Russ may have to wear a wristband and soon. Well, okay. Yeah, let, let, let's talk about that. I get all that because of what he might want him to do, and that's fine. But what happened to the defense? Right? Yep. I mean. They get paid, too. And really had an outstanding defense last year. What, what, what happened to them guys? I mean, they get paid, too, now. So, you know, Russ, for the most part, I mean, you know, you look at him, and he made some plays, and, uh, you know, then it got away from him a little bit. It was, it was a puzzling game when you watched it, you know, you're watching this thing and you go, Hey man, he's okay. He's, you know, early in the game, you know, it went back to what he used to say, what uh, Russ is cooking. He was kind of cooking, you know, and I mean, you know, medium well, but it wasn't well done. Like I like it, but he was cooking. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a tight game. Okay. It's, it's, it's not a high scoring affair, but then you say, how did this happen? And all of a sudden, you know, it, it's a hail Mary later, you know, and, 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 then it's just one of those deals. They they lose, you know, by a point to the Raiders. But it's interesting. Coach, you 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 like your steak well done? And yeah, it, beef jerky. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought well, we yeah, you I'm, I'm, when I eat a steak, it better be well done. I tell oh, the guy. No. Oh, I, I tell the guy. I say beef jerky. Oh, basically. Come on, coach. Oh. You well, gotta, you know, you gotta have some blood coming out of there. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'll still be mooing. No, I'm not a big meat eater anyway. But when it, it look here. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. We ain't going on the road. You're putting a one on it too, right? Oh, either that or ketchup. Oh, yeah. Come on. Oh man, you can't, you can't ever go to a five star steakhouse with. Are you kidding me? I'm not embarrassed when I go in there. They say, coach. They say, coach. Yeah, they say, coach, what thing. you want? I said, I want it well done, That's by the way. You're I, I tell Edwards. him Mater D. I say, hey, Mater D, bring Go. some of that Heinz ketchup in here while you're messing around. <laughs> if you were Joe Schmo, that would be a totally different story. ESPN NFL analyst, Come on. Herm Edwards, joining us here Who are you? on Amber and Ian. I'm glad you know football because you don't know stakes, but let's get back to football <laughs> okay, here, Coach. Okay. okay, so the, the, the Falcons are 2-0. and You mentioned your time in Tampa. The Bucks are 2-0. What is the most surprising start to you so far in this NFL season? Uh, on the winning side or, or the other side? The, well, either either one. 
Oh, probably Cincinnati. Right? I agree. And 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 I say that hesitantly in the fact that you know Burroughs obviously uh, with the uh, with the calf strain, and I was talking about this today. Um, I think if I am a coach and you're an owner, you play 17 games, and just look at it this way: the first three are really the that that count are really preseason games because the veterans don't play. They they don't play anymore in the preseason. I would not schedule a whole lot of divisional games inside your conference. I just wouldn't do that. I, I wouldn't. The first three weeks of the football season, they're regular season games, like you know. But I wouldn't divisional games. I, I stay away from those. See, I agree with you. Why? Why does the NFL schedule? Amber and I had this conversation a couple weeks ago. Huh. And I, why you do that? Most coaches can't stand division games early in the year. We talked to Tom Telesco, Char- Chargers GM. He goes, oh, "Look, man, I can I can do about it. We just play them when we play them, right?" But, yeah, but no, no, but, but, but you know, because you know what? It, it like. You're a different team week three than you are week one. Because you don't play in the preseason. The first three games are preseason games. Mm-hmm. But they count. Because the veterans don't play in the preseason. That's why the games are so sloppy. It's hard to watch the National Football League the first three weeks. Right? It's just hard to watch it. So what can you all do as coaches to try and go to Roger Goodell, right, and and whoever does the scheduling and, and the owners and go, hey, we do not have to have, we should not have division games early in the year because right now the Cincinnati Bengals are 0-2 in division. Yep, and they were 0-3, I guess, last year. And everybody said, well, they're 0-3, but, but a lot of teams can't function that way because you build your whole program to win your division. You draft, you select free agents. It's all about your division. And it gives, it gives your fan base hope. You know, early, of, you lose three division games early. The fans are like, oh, we can't win a division. Now we're talking about a wild card. Right? Yep. I mean, so I don't know, but that's just me. We're, I'm, we're on radio. We don't make those decisions in Park Place and all that stuff with the TV people, so I'll leave it alone. I keep trying. Yeah, uh, they're just not listening nah, to me. They don't, I promise you they don't listen. <laughs> Herm Edwards joining us here on Amber and Ian. So you gave me the surprise team in terms of the losing, the Bengals, the obvious choice there. What about in terms of the winning? I mentioned the Falcons, the Bucks, the Commanders are 2-0. and I mean, there's certainly some teams out here that are taking people by surprise. Well, the whole the, the, the whole NFC South, Atlanta's two and zero. The Bucks are two and zero, as you say. I mean, uh, if if the Saints could win tonight, they're two and zero. Remember this division last year, eight and was it eight and ten won it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. eight and ten won the division yeah. last year. Eight and nine, no, eight, nine. Oh, eight nine. Yeah, but yeah, I'm counting. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, I'm counting the playoff game, so right. that that oh, makes yeah, it gotcha. ten. You know, but whatever. But um, at the end, yeah, that division is is interesting. Uh, for me, when when I look at that one, um, you know who's an interesting team, and I didn't see this coming. I, I did not. The Rams. They're a lot better than I imagined this year. I can't even pronounce the receiver's name. Well, uh, it, well uh, he's got twenty five catches in two weeks. Or most of the players on defense. I mean, it's amazing. They're young. They had this young team, and I'm going, okay. You know, are they going to be any good? Uh, and and I tell you what. San Francisco struggled with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, so this it's like, okay. I mean, there's been some, some head scratchers early in the season. Uh, the, the, the Seahawks was a head scratcher, right? And they must know. Let me tell you something. They must know that Geno Smith, is he mic'd up? 
Because every time he plays, you hear him. The first game was, look, Aaron, oh Aaron, Aaron Donald, Donald was about to hit him and he screamed. Ah! Oh Lord. And this week, the official tells him, hey, not right now. I'm, I'm talking to America. I said, oh, really? The official said just talking to America was on the mic. I said, who Rewind makes this stuff? He says, I'm talking to America, the official. Come on. And scooted him out of the way. Yeah, got him out of the way. So, but Seattle came back. You know, that was a head scratch of their first game, the way they played, and how, to, how they, the bet Rams beat them down. And then they came back this week. So it, it's, it, it's interesting. It's early in the season, right? As we say. Early. It's right, early. Catch up it's on eggs, don't you? Catch up on eggs? Herm. Huh? I, I, Do you put ketchup on eggs? Hell no. That's not. And and, and Tabasco sauce. Yeah, that's not that bad, though. I'm good with Tabasco sauce. And and, and some ketchup, yeah. Yeah, I'm I was joking. You put ketchup on eggs? I'm okay with ketchup on scrambled eggs. Oh, my. I'm all right with that. Not not on well, 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 extra well done. No, they got to be scrambled with a little, little, put a little heat on there, a little Tabasco sauce. Tabasco, yeah. Tabasco for sure. I don't know you anymore. ESPN NFL (laughs) analyst, Herb Edwards. Thanks, coach. My pleasure. You're the best. Coming up next on Amber and Ian, how concerning has Justin Fields' performance been so far this season? We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Rolling along here on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Yesterday, Baker Mayfield for the Bucks played some of the best football that we've seen from Baker in a very long time. Yep. And yet Justin Fields on that other team in the Chicago Bears very much did not. It was the story of two very different quarterbacks. It has been a very rough season early in the season for Justin Fields, but already a very rough season. He took six sacks yesterday. He threw two interceptions late in the fourth quarter, including that pick six to Shaquille Barrett. Last year, he was sacked 55 times. That's the worst in the NFL. This year, he's already on pace to take even more sacks. That O-line's bad there in Chicago, but Justin Fields, his inability to evade the pass rush may be even worse, and it's a big problem for Fields. The, the big bigger problem. problem, to your point, though, Amber, is holding on to the ball too long. Right. I mean, there was one play held on to it for close to five seconds. That's an exceptional job by that offensive line. Another one was 4.9 seconds. That's also a tremendous job by the O-line. Yeah, you're killing your line. He's not seen it. On the one, he held it uh, for 4.9 seconds. I was watching uh, um, Good Morning Football this morning on, on the NFL Network. He had three receivers open, Amber. Right when he hit the top of his drop, yet he is not seeing it. He literally has got his tight end open right down the seam. The safety shifted to the far hash. Throw the man the football. There was not a Tampa Bay Buccaneer within 10 yards of him, and he's looking right at him and just didn't see it. So then he moves off of that, moves off his spot, you know, and then at that point, protection breaks down because you've been back there for nearly five seconds seconds he is not seeing the field well at all and on the other side you are spot on baker mayfield was phenomenal yesterday 26 of 34 317 yards the one touchdown to mike evans and those two are clicked mike evans had a buck 71 receiving on six grabs (laughs) is that any good 
Yeah, he's still he's still got it, it's, right? Oh my god! It's like we forget. And no INTs. No, that's the biggest one. None. No turnovers. No interceptions. No sacks from Baker. He added 19 rushing yards to that 317 passing that you just mentioned. Baker Mayfield, he looks like a hell of a quarterback. I mean, he really, he really does. Like he's having a resurgence. Yeah, he looks like the guy that led the Browns to a to a road playoff win at Pittsburgh. He does. He looks like that guy again. And we started to see it with the Rams at the end of last season. But nobody was watching the Rams at that point at the end of last season. And I think that's what happened here. Because Baker actually looked good for them. But nobody cared because nobody was paying attention to that team. And now he comes here in Tampa. Nobody was expecting anything from this Bucks team. And this Bucks team has been so much better than anybody expected in large part because of how Baker is. And that connection that you just mentioned with him and Mike Evans. And it's like, oh, by the way, they still have, you know, Super Bowl winning receivers on that Bucks team. But we'd kind of all written them off, you know, Evans and Godwin. They've gotten older and... And we just didn't – when you're moving on from Tom Brady, there's only so much we're going to expect from you. And when it's that guy who's become a journeyman in the NFL, we're really not going to expect anything. We know what it looked like in Carolina. It looked awful. And so that sort of was a wrap, I think, with people expecting Baker to have some sort of resurgence here with his career. It seems like so far it's very early. But the decision-making was so apparent. And then that in contrast on the same field as Justin Fields' decision-making, I saw it even watching the Dolphins this season. It's remarkable how fast Tua gets out the ball. And that was not the case, by the way, a few years ago, Ian. It has been, I mean, just seeing, because that's my team, obviously. I watch every single snap that Tua takes here over the last few years and watching the progression, watching the quarterback hang on to things too long. Every time he gets sacked, the cr- and the Dolphins traditionally have always had a terrible O-line, no matter how many picks they've used to try to address that thing or how many free agents they've brought in. Well, you see such a difference this season. And the difference is to his decision-making now is lightning fast in McDaniel's He looks like the guy offense. Alabama. That's it's, what he looks like. Right. It's unbelievable how fast. Yes, he looks like that guy. He looks like that guy that we saw win the national championship, right? He gets it out in one second. It's, it's unbelievable. You can't get to him even when you do have the pass rush, and normally it is effective. You just can't even reach him in time. Yeah, I mean, With Justin tail- Fields, yeah. that's where he needs to go. And it, take, it can take years to develop that. And the problem with Justin Fields is I don't know if he's going to get that kind of time. I mean, it's, again, when you, when you're on, and it was a snapshot, right, those two plays, but he does hold the ball too long. And when you have a guy wide, bleeping open, right in front of you, and in the middle of the field, and you have a clean pocket, you know, is that an easy fix? I mean, yeah, I guess, right? Ah, I easy. Mean, you know, I don't know if it's you easy. Coach Bob going, look, how do you not see that? It's yeah, right not, there. If you're not seeing it, how do you? I mean, is that an easy uh, fix? You're not seeing it. You would think with that, as much ball as that guy's played, when he sees that on the All-22, and, you, and then you can, you can take the end zone shot, too, for a quarterback and go, right there, it's right in front of you. You know, all it takes every now and then for a guy to start to get in a groove is to hit that a few times. Look at Baker. Talking about him, right? You go back to week one. Hits a few big passes, bam, everything starts to click. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that's going to give up on Justin Fields, but that was – there's no excuse for what we saw in Tampa, especially on those two plays that I just told you about. What also we're not seeing – what made him so fun to watch last season, Justin Field, was that rushing ability he has, that explosive athleticism. It offset the deficiencies that he has in the pocket. It offsets some of that decision-making and the issues with it last season. We're not seeing that athleticism from him this season. 
at all. We're not we're not seeing that same level of evading the rush or that same explosiveness. All of that has to change and it needs to change in a hurry for Justin Fields and the Bears.